You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No this is Tanya Pinkins. Welcome back for part two of my conversation with Carlos Tanner of the Ayahuasca Foundation in Iquitos, Peru. <laughs> It's interesting that you like the scuba metaphor because weirdly, I'm, I mean, I've taken many swim lessons. I'm not a swimmer, but I was a really good scuba diver and I hate snorkeling. <laughs> nice. There you go. You know, weird sort of very opposing sort of dynamics. And I, I had as my guest, Baba Kalindi E, who was sort of internationally renowned uh, psychonaut with mushrooms known for doing, uh, heroic doses of, of, of like 50 grams of mushrooms. And, uh, sad to say that he succumbed to COVID, uh, a week after his mother went and, and, and listening to his, one of his wives talk about it. She said she thinks he chose to go in order to, to help her, uh, pass over there. But what he talked about the African tradition with mushrooms is, he said there there's some strings of the shrooms where people would do them in ceremony and there would be telepathic communications. But for the most part that the mushroom tradition is a solo tradition. You go, you're alone, you're in the dark, you go, you go where you're going to go. Um, and, and you have to find what the access dose is for you to go there. Like I was saying to him that I've never left my room, but um, you know, I'm certainly open to finding what an access dose is to leaving this this realm that we know of is this universe is Aya for you an experience of, of leaving this universe or is it always deeply an internal psychological process? Oh man. Uh, I would say all just all of the above. Um, I have definitely, well, I don't know if I could say universe that I don't, I'm, now I'm challenging my own belief system. Can you leave the universe? Um, but let leave the galaxy leave the, the, the planet. Um, definitely. But the universe, that one, like, I'm going to have to think about that one for a while, but, uh, but yes, like th th there are those times for sure. Um, where I have existed in an alternate dimension, I would say you could probably plot them on, uh, like a, a chart as to the like most profound experiences. And at the very top would be that you don't exist anymore as you thought you had and you find what does yourself, that mean? you got to tell me what that means. What does yeah, that mean? like, like you find yourself in just a completely different environment, like an entirely different world where you just aren't you, but you still exist. 
um, but you are just in another world. And now that I'm saying that, actually, I have had an experience that probably would be above that where you're not a thing anymore. You just are everything like uh, omniscient or you omnipresent where you just are, are the world, are the universe. Um, that was probably my most profound experience of all. Um, but, but that happened one time and I, you know, i still, that was my most profound experience for sure. Um, and, but I don't, you know, that wasn't my goal. I wasn't trying to do that. It kind of like happened accidentally almost. Uh, I was just like following how things unfolded. Um, but, but the, again, that's like through your intentions. So I have, you know, I've been through so many ups and downs because I've been doing this for 17 years and my life has gone in so many different directions and just like everyone's does. So there were definitely times where I knew exactly what I needed to do or what I wanted to do, what, you know, why I was there, why I was taking this cup of ayahuasca, why I was in this ceremony, because there was a problem, there was an issue, there was something that I wanted to resolve or solve or fix or whatever, heal. And then there were times though, where I didn't have that intention. I wasn't going in the ceremony. I, because of the nature of what became my, my life, I was just drinking because there was a ceremony, there was going to be a ceremony and I was going to drink regardless of whether I like felt that I needed to or not. And so that might be an unusual situation for a lot of people. Like people probably aren't just going to every ceremony that happens. They're purposely going to attend a retreat, for example, or to go to, to ceremonies that might be in their local area because there's a reason for it, you know, but I lived with a Corandero and there was a ceremony twice a week and I went to every single one, like, because they, that's what he did and that's what I was training to do. And so there was this like secondary reason to drink ayahuasca, which was outside of my own need for it, if that makes sense. And so in, there were times when I was drinking ayahuasca or also doing plant dietas or other aspects of the tradition that were to train to like understand how to work with the medicine uh, rather than to try to heal something that I needed to work on. So there were definitely times, like you said, where I was working with extreme psychological analysis or observation or, or work, you know, on my, on my self, interior self. And then there were other times where I was trying to figure out how to do this work for the benefit of others. And, you know, how can I become this healer? How can I figure out what's wrong with someone else? Or how can I make a change in, in someone else's life for the better? And, and so I think that during those times, especially when you're, you know, I would be communicating, like if I met a spirit, I would ask them like to teach me. And so that's kind of what I meant by like having it unfold where in that time that I mentioned where I kind of became one with the universe, I was dieting a, a tree and I, Ayauma. Ayauma, what's Ayauma's teaching? Uh, well, what it was that night, um, the, the man of the spirit of Ayauma came, sat next to me and had me drink this brew made from Ayauma that had five other plants added to it, where he plucked 
I mean, I'm not sure if it had five plants. He plucked pieces of my visions, like the colored patterns. He like somehow grabbed them and put them into this brew. And then later on, looking back, I decided that those patterns represented plants, but I'm not sure if that's true. But it was a crazy brew that he gave to me and I drank it. And in my, this is, you know, it's hard to differentiate this is a spirit handing me this drink. If you were filming me, you probably couldn't see that spirit, but you would have seen my hands like go up to drink something, although probably on film, it would have looked like I was holding nothing. Um, and so there was like this crossover of dimension, you know, between the physical dimension that were normally your waking dimension maybe and the ayahuasca dimension. But once I drank it, like everything changed. And then there was this giant golden wall of visions in front of me that went down into infinity, left into infinity, right into infinity, up into infinity. And I was somehow just floating in space in front of it. And I was seeing the the patterns were moving and I moved in closer to look at them. And these flowers bloomed, These all these golden flowers bloomed right in front of me. And when they bloomed inside the flowers, were faces and the faces looked at me and said hello and i was like whoa you can talk okay what's going on and um now i was like having a conversation with this entity which was basically just this wall of visual patterns and beings and i don't really know how to describe it uh this entity of life and and uh in through that conversation, I mean, part of this is is pretty personal, but uh, through that conversation, I essentially came to this point where I was not me anymore. I was uh, just everything, one with the universe. That golden wall disappeared. Everything disappeared, except that everything was there. You know, it's like impossible with all the words and the, all the languages of all time couldn't describe it. Um, and then at some point I came back to just sitting on the floor of the Maloka and back in the real world again, I guess. Um, you talked about something called a dieta and many people may not know what a dieta is. I've done one dieta in my life, um, when I was in Peru and my dieta was on a plant called Noyarao. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding of Noyarao is that it is a, a state of consciousness of a plant. Um, it is a certain, it, it's many species of plants can become Noyarao, but they are recognized by the fact that their leaves glow in the dark at night. And, and my experience of diet, Noyarao was that for I think it was two or three days we fasted only on the Noyarao and we were in silence for that period of time uh, essentially making a contract with this plant to be our teacher and that over the next couple of years this plant will grow inside of me and teach me uh, so much of what you described you know, may sound a little hokey wokey and crazy to people. And certainly because I don't have visuals many times when I've been in ceremony, I listen to people tell these stories and I'd be like, wow, this is something. But I will say that my last ceremony in Peru, 
I had the experience of Noya Rao uh, doing su- surgery on me, like moving the parts of my body and making me over. Uh, and through this kind of COVID experience, I have felt like the fact of this Noya Rao uh, spirit blooming in me is what is is holding up my immune system through this process. I mean, it's a belief, but it is the one that I have been have felt uh, through this 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 process. Well, Tanya, I am impressed, and I now realize why the two of us connected and why we're talking right now. Well, tell um, me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you must have been at Aya Healings. Is that where you went to your retreat? Were you working with uh, Elio and Ana? I was working with Don Miguel. Don Miguel Lopez, right. But that was at Aya Healings, right? I No, it was began with a K, I think. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, Don Miguel works with them. But Don Miguel Lopez is, it was my teacher. He was working at our center up until uh, the end of last year. And um, I work with his brother, Don Enrique Lopez, and his other brother, Don, Don Enrique Lopez. was my coordinator. Sorry, Don Enrique was my coordinator. Sorry. Oh, then you were at Inconcana. Inconcana, that's where I was, yes. Oh, well, Inconcana is where we hold our eight-week initiation <laughs> course. Okay. So you were with my teacher that I've worked with for the last 10 years. Okay. And so ah, now I'm putting the pieces together. And so you were with Kaya. Yes. Totally. Yep. And there might've been a course. Oh no, the course started right after you left. And so you were there from December to January, right at the end of the year. Yes. Yes. Totally. It's all coming together now. I understand completely. What were you, what did you suddenly pick up of why we were having this conversation? What, what did I say that connected something for you? Uh, You described Noya Rao the way that I described Noya Rao. And to the best of my knowledge, no one describes Noya Rao that way except for me, unless you have heard me describe it that way. Um, maybe that sounded very like arrogant or something, but that perspective I think is quite unique. And Noya Rao itself is quite unique. Like you were in the presence of the trees themselves, which uh, is very, very rare. Like not, I don't know if there is any other place where you can be in the presence of the trees themselves. Um, other than that place at Inconcana or Don Miguel's house or Don Rohner's house, they all having uh, Noya Rao trees that have appeared in their backyards. And that's why I have like come to the conclusion that Noya Rao is not a species of tree. And I've talked to Kaya about it and I've talked, you know, I've talked to the people that I know. Kaya did our eight week initiation course several years ago. Um, and and so, yes, Noya Rao to me is a state of consciousness that plants achieve. And I think that I, I like have taken the, the theory beyond to propose that there were Noya Rao trees all throughout the Amazon rainforest until the Spanish came and conquered Peru and, and then essentially like infected the Amazonian region with Mm. uh, a lower frequency energy that prevented the plants in the forest from accessing those higher states of consciousness. 
until recently when a new wave of culture has occurred where now we are not trying to cut down the forest and we are not viewing the indigenous people as primitive, but rather the opposite. We're trying to preserve the Amazon rainforest and we view the indigenous people as wiser than ourselves. And that change increased the energetic frequency of the Amazon rainforest to allow for the Neurao consciousness or the enlightenment of plants to return. And, um, you know, it's all fascinating to me. And yes, it totally sounds nuts if you have no idea what we're talking about. Um, But if you believe that Buddha or if you believe that Jesus Christ existed and you believe that they had access or had achieved a level of consciousness that was extremely high, then this isn't that far of a leap from that, except that it occurs in the the natural world, in the world of nature and in trees specifically. And so, yes, the leaves do glow in the dark when they fall to the ground. You can pick them up, put them in a plastic bag, and they will continue to glow. But they will glow more if you're dieting the plant, and they will glow more if you're inside an ayahuasca ceremony. Um, There is a clear connection between them. And when you do diet Noya Rao, things happen. (laughs) Noya Rao is a is an enlightened being in the sense that she she produces no shadow because the light comes from within. So there is no darkness, which is a very rare thing. And, and that's what she wants us all to achieve is to find the light within our own selves. <clears throat> and so it, I'm so happy that you uh, dieted Noyara, that you had that chance to do that. And I agree 100% because to me, the bottom line is our consciousness is who we are and what we believe to be true is our truth, regardless of what anyone else thinks and what we can do to get to the point where we, our truth is that in the case of healing trauma is that we deserve to be happy. We deserve to exist. We are not causing the suffering of others, that we are a vessel of love that should be overflowing and spreading that love around to all the people that are that we come in contact with that it, that is the truth that we should all aspire to and ayahuasca is something that allows us to actually believe it and not just believe it but sink it down into the core of our identity and noyarao does that in the most amazing and beautiful way to the point where we know that we have a boosted immune system we know that we have a power within us that will protect us and not just protect us from danger, but, but elevate us to a place where we can access a level of love that might've been unimaginable before. And all of that becomes truth for us. And I look at it. I I was actually at Kaya's and when I drove out to her place um, in October, I was talking out loud this idea that I was, um, putting together 
And it's the idea of the states of matter, which are known as gas, liquid, and solid, and how we are a combination of those three states of matter in our states of being, because we have mind, emotion, and body, and how those are related to each other. But in the realm of consciousness, there are three states of consciousness, which is the realms of ideas, beliefs, and truths. And you have your ideas in your mind, but when you feel them, you feel a belief, it becomes, when you feel an idea, it becomes a belief because it's now transformed into the emotions and it resides in your emotions. Your beliefs are part of your emotions, which is why people get worked up when their beliefs are challenged. But when you solidify and condense further your beliefs into truths, they reside in the body. And that's what is so challenging about removing detrimental truths because they're solid. But what is so fantastic about beneficial truths is that they become a core part of your identity and they're unshakable. They're like concrete. And if you can take beneficial truths and make your life the way it's supposed to be, then boom, not only are you healed, but you're on a path to glory. And that's something that Noya Rao allows us to do. And maybe everything I just said sounds like I'm in the loony bin or something. But <laughs> when you have experienced a personal truth that transformed your life, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I think most of us have, whether it was, you know, having a child and looking into the eyes of that child one day and realizing something, you know, some, something that changed, that the world is so fascinating and uh, that it's, unbelievable gratitude showered over you or something of that nature, but it became a new truth for you and your identity changed as a result. It's a phenomenon that we've all had and hopefully for the better, but that's what to me, the power of this tradition working with ayahuasca and especially with Noya Rao and some of the other plants that we work with can do is it can provide us that opportunity to replace detrimental truths with beneficial ones and transform those truths back from the solid state of our bodies through our emotions into the realm of ideas where they're easily let go and to take ideas that we know we want to have and we know we deserve to have be the core of our being and condense them down through our feelings into our bodies as the new truths of our identity, which are the truths of love and compassion and health and happiness. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now, I know the Iowa Waska Foundation has been doing some 
trials with the university in London? Which one and, and what exactly is this work that you all have been doing in Peru and London? What, what is that? Totally. Thanks for bringing that up. It's actually not a university, although now we have uh, combined. So it is now with King's College in the UK. But last year, the that study was funded by the NHS, the National Health Services, the government uh, health services. So last year, the government of the UK funded ayahuasca research, the only time ever that ayahuasca research has been funded by a government. And those results should be published and in the next month or so, there's been some weird delays, obviously, from what's been happening this year, but we're hoping that the results of that phase one study will be published soon. And they're just absolutely uh, jaw-dropping results, if I were to use the term of Simon oh, Ruffle. Yeah, so Simon Ruffle, uh, Nigel Netspan, and, and um, Weifeng Tsang are the three uh, doctors from the NHS who led that research. And so a big shout out to Simon Ruffle and Nigel Weifeng. And so, yeah, in terms of depression, um, coming in before a retreat, peop- the the mean BDI, which doesn't really mean much, but even if I just... Even if I just use the numbers, so there's a measurement that psychologists use to measure a level of depression. The average depression rate of people coming in was 15. After a retreat, it dropped down to six. And six months after that, it had dropped down to below four. So you can see like that is a tremendously low drop. If you get down to zero, that means zero depression at all. But what spoke to me most clearly about that was that even after the retreat, the depression continued to drop. And if you followed it further out, one year out, it might be at one, you know, it might be like completely insignificant. And that means more than just this medicine does this, you know, that speaks to the transformation. When you replace the truth with a beneficial truth, then it continues. You don't need the ayahuasca anymore. Those people six months, for six months, they didn't have any treatment. They weren't doing ayahuasca. They weren't dieting anything, you know, nothing. And yet their results were still proving beneficial. Like their the benefits they were receiving was continuing. And and I don't, you know, you, you wouldn't find that. Like if you, you looked at Prozac or something, if you stop taking Prozac, you don't continue to get better, you know? But with this treatment, it proved that you do. And that is really what we're all looking for, isn't it? And some of those people, they own psychologists that you're training in this too, because I met a lot of psychologists when I was in Peru who were doing a lot of Aya work with themselves. And they were saying just having done the work with Aya themselves, they were seeing improvements with their clients. Totally. Oh, without a doubt. Um, you know, one of the things that relationship is between a therapist working on their own things and how that transmutes to their clients. Well, we are all connected and working with ayahuasca allows us to develop our faculties that are not normally even discussed. But one of the, one of the terms, thankfully that we do have is the word intuition and intuition is referencing a faculty. It's a, it's a sense that we have. It's not associated directly with a sense organ, but it's a, it's a sense. And ayahuasca 
increases through that hypersensitivity state our intuition, the way that we can process the information that we're picking up. And a lot of that is our subtle uh, perceptions that we might have ignored normally. But now through an increase of sensitivity and awareness that is the result of working with ayahuasca, we actually do become aware of these more subtle perceptions, these slight perceptions, and can add that into our processing of information, which can then become greater insights. And so the advice that we can give to someone because we're picking up more information or, or able to process more information then becomes more insightful. We actually can provide a better reply or a response or a give better ideas to a person as to how they can make improvements in their lives. So I could totally see why it would improve people's ability to become therapists or to work as therapists. Now, how many years have you been doing Aya? 17 years. 17 years. Oh my God. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Like I thought you were going to tell me like four or five, but 17 years. Are you a coordinator? Um, I you know, I don't know if I would ever use that term. I'm sure a, a, a few people have probably used that term to describe me, but I I work with Don Enrique, who you met, you know? And so for me to like say I'm a corandero and so is Don Enrique, you know, that's not, I could never do that. That'd be like standing next to Michael Jordan and saying, hey, we play basketball, you know, like it's- uh ceremony? Excuse me? Do you lead ceremony? No, no, I don't. Okay. Okay. Just trying to understand and be cure. Is there a reason or is there more? Like one of the things that came up for me when I was down in Peru was like, oh God, please don't tell me I'm supposed to be a a healer or a teacher. (laughs) I don't want to be called. I'm not answering the phone. (laughs) You know, you clearly dedicated your life to this path yet, you know, you're not Kaya, so tell me what the difference is between someone who spent 17 years in it, which to my knowledge is even more than Kaya, and yet you choose not to lead ceremony. Right. I, you know, I fully had that intention. And for the first uh, 10 years, uh, I, that was my goal, you know, and I did lead ceremonies. And, you know, that's what I thought. But at a certain point, um, once I created the Ayahuasca Foundation, and really what happened was I, I got married. And once I got married, my life took a different trajectory. Mm. And I, I wasn't going to spend six weeks straight in the jungle anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and because my wife, I, I didn't feel like my, because of the path I chose, my wife had to just come along for that ride, you know? So I didn't want to impose my life on her and and so that was the first like change of the trajectory but then it it ended up like playing out in such a wonderful way that i had to trust it because in order to like continue the ayahuasca foundation but not be there for the entirety of those long programs like the 8 week initiation course for example i trained people to do that job. And once I trained people to do that job, I realized, oh my gosh, these people are so much better at it than me. Mm. And, and so it was improving the quality of the programs that we offered by having these other people that were trained. They, all they did were facilitators. They didn't do any of the admin work that I was doing. They weren't, you know, 
maintaining the website. They weren't handling all the communications. There's a lot of that goes into the organization of the programs. And all they were doing is meeting the groups and going through the process with them, never thinking about the next program. That was my job, you know? And so I began to see that it actually worked out better if I was an admin. And then my daughter was born. Mm. And, and when my daughter was born, then I, it wasn't even clear. And I remember having the conversation straight up with ayahuasca, like, hey, sorry, but you're not number one in my life anymore. And it's crazy, but, and my wife knows this, but even when I got married, ayahuasca still was number one in my life. Mm. But, but once my daughter was born, it wasn't anymore. Now I had a new number one and, and I was, I had, it took me several years to be honest, to come to grips with that, that I was not going to just be on the path of ayahuasca anymore. Now I was going to be on the path of being a father first and foremost. And, and again, though, it all like played out in a wonderful way. And I kind of look at it as branches of a tree. So my daughter's five now, she'll be six in a few months. Okay. And I, with her because I know that the guru they do give ayah to children. Oh uh, no, I I don't give ayahuasca. I mean, I she knows so much just from you know being my daughter. I've spoken to her so much, but she, I I will let her decide if she wants to do that. But I probably won't present that as an option for a few more years. Um, I have drank ayahuasca with an eleven-year-old, which was uh, Don Enrique's daughter, uh, Haiti. Uh, when she was 11, I drank ayahuasca with her and I drank ayahuasca with his daughter, Liz, when she was 15, I drank ayahuasca with her like 20 times. Um, but I, you know, it's definitely different. I'm not Shipibo, you know, I'm, I'm definitely still an American, even though I'm a, a dual citizen. So we'll just cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, but I, I do hope that she, uh, drinks ayahuasca with me. And, and I, you know, I feel like she's a healer already. I feel like my wife is also a healer, even though it, it, she doesn't work with ayahuasca. Um, my wife did work with ayahuasca before our daughter was born, but yeah, everything, um, everything changes, but everything continues to grow. It's all about adaptation, I guess. And to me, uh, I've learned so much from ayahuasca and I continue to learn so much from ayahuasca, but at the same time, I'm not on the same intensity of my path anymore. But yet I feel like my connection is maybe so well made that I don't really need to drink ayahuasca that many times anymore. Yeah. I, I just still stay in t- It's almost like, um, actually, this is exactly what it's like when you have your, your friend from childhood or your, you know, your best friend of all. But your paths go totally different directions. Maybe they live in a different country now or on the other side of the country or for whatever reason, you know, you don't really talk to them. Yeah. And then you get back together and it's like no time. Yes, exactly. Right. And you don't even like, there's not even like an apology, you know, you just, you give them a call. It's been eight months or whatever. And they're just like, Hey, what's happening? What's, and you're just like right back in it. Yeah. And that's really like what it feels like to me where we're, we're, she, you know, ayahuasca is with me all the time, and Noirao as well. Is is Noirao is still like my biggest guide of my life, and still helps me so much in, in everything I do. And so it's just. Go ahead. 
No, no, no. That was uh, no. That was just the sound in my house. Well, Carlos, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. And if you want to um, close out by sharing with everyone where the Ayahuasca Foundation is and how they can get involved or contact you if they're interested in learning or uh, trying ayahuasca. Sure. Thanks again so much for having me on. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Um, so yeah, if you want to go to the website, ayahuascafoundation.org, that's A-Y-A-H-U-A-S-C-A foundation.org. You can read all about the programs that we offer. You can also go to YouTube and look up Ayahuasca Foundation. Our YouTube page has a 10-episode series that I did called Lessons from Ayahuasca, which you can also find on our website. If you want to you know, watch me talk about some of the things that I've learned over the last 17 years and maybe, you know, see if it resonates with you and try to implement some of those. It was really designed so that people could gain benefit without having to go all the way to Peru. Uh, But if you are ready to do that, then definitely feel free to contact me through the website. I'd be happy to answer any questions for you that you might have about the programs we offer and how it all works. Thank you, Carlos Tanner. My name is Tanya Pinkins, and you're listening to You Can't Say That on the Broadway Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to You Can't Say That, the show where you can. I'm Tanya Pinkins. This is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Derek Gunther, music by Anthony Norman, available wherever you get your podcasts. Visit me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and let me know what you'd like to hear me talk about. For more information, visit bpn.fm forward slash YCST. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.